Welcome to another episode of On the Bench with Beaks. I am your humble host, sitting in that chair every single day of my damn life, Cody yes. Beekman. Yes. And with me, as always, is Rosty Spumani Mormeyer. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> and we've got Slice of Rice of Rice Price McMillan. Oh, hey, what's up? Hello, how's everyone doing today? And today we have such an incredible guest, uh, you know, like a, a, you know, a jack of all trades when it comes to Colorado hockey, uh, Craig Blumengold. Craig, say what's going on to the people out there in podcast land. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, man, thank you for so much for being on. So, boys, we got a lot to talk about today. We've all obviously got Hockey Day in history. I got a player spotlight for y'all. Um, we've got some uh, uh, referee drama that we're going to talk about, and we're going to get into uh, what uh, what Craig does around the Colorado hockey scene. So uh, let's get into it with a little hockey day in history. Um, as per usual, Craig, we'd like our guests to go first. So what you got for hockey day in history? So I got uh, October 18th, 2001. Pittsburgh's rookie goalie Johan Hedberg recorded his first career shutout in the Penguins' 3-0 win over the Senators at Ottawa. You know, Johan Hedberg was such a such an incredible goaltender for his time. I mean, like when you look at well, like what who who had who he had basically played against. I'm talking about like Cujo, Dominic Cash, yeah. and Chris Osgood, Patrick Law. You know, he uh, almost always flew under the radar. Yeah. But I mean, such such a dependable goaltender for his time. So that's that's a yeah. great hockey day in history oh, there. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. It's like right in those realms of like the Mika Kippersoffs and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Really you know, I mean, I mean, Kipper for uh, you know, for his time in Calgary, he you know he had a bit of a big name, but I mean. He was always underestimated as well. Oh, yeah. Like Kipper always kind of like fell by the wayside with all all the incredible goaltenders that were in that in that uh, you know era. Yeah. Oh yeah, great uh, great hockey day already. All right, let's yeah. uh, let's go with uh, uh, Bryce uh, Bryce Moore. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm about. It's Bryce funny. McMillan. I, I I know I know what your guys' names are. I swear to God. <laughs> it was funny because I'm gonna hop in here and just say this for a second because as Ross and P were meeting each other, he Ross called each other you know, Bryce McMillan or something like Ross. I, I said Rice. Rice. Yeah, it was a mixture of both of us. So hey, we're all we're all doing it. Um, but hey, my hockey day in history. Rice McMormeyer, like McMeyer. I think it all works out. You know, same totally. thing. You yeah. know what we're oh, saying. Yeah. You get it. You got it. We're good. <laughs> um, but my hockey day in history is March 26, 1996. Now talk about heart and wanting a win. Uh, Washington's Peter Bondra scored three straight goals in a four-minute, 21 time span, late in the third period, and had his sixth career hat trick. At the same time. Sergey Gonchar had a goal and three assists in the Capitals' seven to one win over the Islanders in Long Island. Oh, I love me some Peter Bondra, man. I've yeah. always been such a huge fan of Bondra. Like, and that's the thing is that uh, he, th- with that kind of game, you know, he goes completely flying under the radar the entire game, and then next thing you know, yeah, boy's got a hat trick. Uh, the Washington Capitals going on for a win, like three goals, four goals down in that game. Like that was Peter Bondra, man. There, there was oh, yeah. never a time where you could count that man out, and yeah. and I, I just loved uh, like just sitting and waiting, just like yeah, give it that five minute mark, and then we'll see who's losing or winning. So, yeah, so Peter Peter Bondra, always a big fan of mine. Beauty. All right, Ross, what you got? Well, I've got March twenty fifth, nineteen ninety six, and you're gonna say obviously with this one, but. Do tell. Dimu Solani picked up an assist. (laughs) Yeah. An assist to become the fourth player in NHL history to score 100 points during the season from which he was traded. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. And where was he traded to? I know you know that. He was traded to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Oh, yes. By those wily Winnipeg Jets. The Finnish Flash going out west. Yeah, but they lost 5-1, to so. I mean, you know, that's a a huge uh, personal mark. But, yeah, you got to hate when it comes to, like, a nice haranguing. You know? (laughs) Right. Oh wow! Yeah, well, yeah, another brilliant Timu quote, uh, Timu stat from uh, <laughs> Old Mormeyer there. Great job, Ross. All right, yeah. yep. let me get my notes here. So, March twenty sixth, two thousand two, 
Check it out. Uh, Brian Ralston broke a 27-year-old Boston Bruins team record and scored his eighth shorthanded goal of the year. Eighth shorthanded goal of the year. When do you ever get three or four? Uh, eight. Eight? eight. What in the world? Brian Ralston broke this mark of seven shared by four other players, by the way. Now, I haven't done this in a while. I hate you. I haven't done this in a while, but I, I thought, hey, man, might, might as well bring back the trivia. So, yes, Brian Ralston scored uh, many oh, shorthanded goals for the Boston Bruins. Who is the current leader of all-time shorthanded goals for the Boston Bruins? wants to go first i'm looking at a blank room right now oh god <laughs> um i give me phone a friend yeah yeah oh boy oh uh, here's here's bryce over here like, yeah, typing no, 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 it in. i can't even think about it right now are I'm they still playing yes they are still playing Oh, Pasta? Is it? Yeah, is it Pasta? Pasta? Oh no, no, he's not on the penalty kill. But uh, I mean, uh, like Brad, I, I see Marchand. Brad Marchand is the all-time uh, uh, leader in shorthanded goals with twenty-nine shorthanded goals. What? Good guess. Yes. Good guess. Wow. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I didn't, I didn't even bring the trivia back that a little bit really more. That was really a shot in the dark ways. I was I, thinking probably like, I don't know. <laughs> Anybody probably but Marchand, he's... More in the grinder. I mean, well, that's it. Like yeah, he, so. he's he plays that top line PK with. I mean, Patrice Bergeron, Mister Perfection. So I mean, of of course, you know, you're always going to get face off wins, whether it's in the D zone or the offensive zone on the PK. Yeah. And I mean, Bergeron just so so incredibly uh, skilled and gifted with his hockey IQ. And I mean, don't uh, don't I, I mean not not to shed any kind of like shade on uh, Marshan's high IQ as well. I mean, I mean for an asshole, he's he could play some really good hockey. Oh yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> no, he definitely knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he can roast some motherfuckers on Twitter too. That's for sure. It's hilarious. <laughs> and roast some goalies on the you know on the PK. So check that out. Twenty nine goals, twenty nine shorthanded goals by uh, Mister Brad Marshand. <laughs> As uh, you know, Andy Brickley would put it. <laughs> Brad Marchand, good hands, good fingers. Yeah, Brad Marchand. Bring ah. trivia back. I like that. Yeah, uh, like you know what? Work. I just realized I really like watching these guys like uh, squirm in their chairs, man. <laughs> I, I like. I don't know why I ever stopped. Yeah. Yeah. So that's coming back. Uh, be ready for that, boys. <laughs> All right. So let's move on today to uh, player spotlight, and uh, I get the nod. As um, as you know, hockey um, hockey hockey coaches and players and fans alike would like to say, for the starting goaltender. And which, oh my gosh, that's who I'm going to spotlight: the Colorado Avalanche's starting goaltender, Philip Grubauer. I hate you know I hate always bringing up like you know Colorado Avalanche uh, players you know so close to you know when we bring up other Avalanche players. But I mean, at this point right now, it's just he's. He's playing lights out. I mean, you've got a you've got a one you've got a one seven one uh, uh, goals against average uh, league leader for shutouts, which have pretty much come uh, like most of those have come in this span of what uh, six or seven games now yeah. uh, that he's played. And I mean, uh, without that, I mean, most goals you, you'll you'll put up on him is one or two, possibly. No, I truly agree with that. I mean, every time you're watching this guy play, people are constantly yelling Groob at their TV screens. I mean, how could you yeah. not? Right. I mean, it's pretty constant. And when you look at Grubauer, and he's so consistent, he's, I think when you literally think the quote, having the world on your back, the guys carry the Avalanche team, I think, pretty far like the last, the last seven win game strength they had. And, you know, besides, you know, you know, you have, you have Mika coming in there. He messed up a little bit. After three goals, I mean, they put Grubar back in. And then you look at Johansson. It was, you know, it was, I, I agree that Johansson is probably a little rusty, a new team. Um, Real but, but, but there's no, I mean, I'm not saying that it's any goalie's fault, but I just really think that at the end of the day, Grubar probably would have had that game too as well. He's so on fire, and uh, like, and I'm gonna say this right now is that you know Miska and Johansson, um, you know they really had some poor defensive breakdowns. Oh yeah, 
yeah. on on uh, in those two games uh, easily. Like you know, the, uh, like three three of those four goals in each of that like that Ducks and uh, Arizona Coyotes games could have been solved by uh, uh, no, no defensive breakdowns. Yeah, but then. Um, which, you know, I don't want this to, like, maybe add to Grubauer's, uh, you know, sheen right now. But, you know, you see a completely different team when Grubauer is in the net. You see an extremely, def- like, a responsible defensive team that is backing up, blocking shots, and, like, standing tall for their goalie. You know, it, it does make Grubauer's job a little bit easier that we've got so many guys just willing to sell out for the shot and... Like, not just selling out, but, like, I mean, diving to save shots, yeah. you know? And the fact is, uh, Grubauer just looks so comfortable and so ready for each shot, for each game. So I've got to say my player spotlight uh, this week is Philip Grubauer. Oh, yeah. And what's amazing, too, with this uh, last seven-game winning streak that they've gone on, he has faced over 105 shots, and he has saved all but five of them. Great stat, that's, great yeah, stat, Ross. Like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean that's that is Vesna type kind of numbers if he can keep it going. So oh, right man. now, and I mean uh, player of the week uh, this last week and uh, and player of the month as well for the NHL. So that's saying something. And as as we get deeper into this, you know, Colorado schedule. I mean, just like we're saying, um, Las Vegas for two games coming up. He's he's playing the guy that's nipping at his heels in all of the goalie standings. Uh, Mark Andre yeah. Fleury. I mean, they're right there with save percentage. They're right there with goals against average. They're right there with shutouts. So these next two games are going to be huge. Oh yeah, yeah. it's going to be a, a fight among men. Oh yeah, for sure. Craig, what, uh, let's uh, let's uh, turn the spotlight on you, man. Uh, who do you who do you who have you been looking at right now and just thinking? Wow, or or this guy's on fire, or wow, man, this guy needs to be cut. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have somebody I can cut, but I'd still say McKinnon, like we were talking about earlier, right? Yeah, his his speed and his control, he's just setting the tone, and he's bringing the whole team up. Oh yeah, and well, yeah, and like what's what I think what's great about why you're bringing him up now is because I mean, on any given day you can just pick McKinnon out of a hat and be like, well, yeah, he's doing great. Right, but. During the seven-game stretch, I mean, he's had, what, uh, d- uh, two goals, eight assists? I think that uh, sounds right. About that. Yeah. yeah d- probably uh, more. I may, I may, I may be off <laughs> a little bit. that aren't actually counted on stats. <laughs> right. and, that's, yeah. and that's the thing is that he's been all over the ice. Right. I mean, he, he's been playing so incredibly well, not offensively, but defensively as well. Right. Like, he has been, he has really grown into this kind of, like, center spot. Mm-hmm. Where he's he's turned the game the entire uh, two hundred feet one way and two hundred feet the other way as well. Right, he's never watching, never standing still. No, absolutely. So I agree. And you just talked about essentially how he was defensively, offensively. I want to talk about his position. He is doing the best he can, I think, right now in the offensive zone to put his teammates in the best position to score points. Hundred percent. I mean, he has less goals but more assists, and that really just talks about his playmaking ability. Right. And so I just want to touch on that, too. Yeah. And again, I think I might have said this in the beginning of our first few episodes is the way he comes up the sides of the, the ice on the boards. You yeah. see you see defensemen literally go, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Right. What are we going to do? Is yeah. he going to skate past me? Is he going to pass it? Or is he going to shoot the puck? He almost yeah. makes him look like Peewee's. Oh, yeah. you know? It is. It is. I totally agree with that. So yeah. that's all I wanted to add into the McKinnon piece of that. Yeah. And even with that, he plays with his head up. And he's always mm-hmm. using his peripherals. He's not. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like yeah. almost otherworldly, it seems right. like. So. Yeah. And one thing I, I, I'm really excited to bring up is that his, his physical game. He's not out there just like avoiding hits anymore, man. He he like I I remember I saw in the uh, it wasn't the Arizona game. I think it was the Anaheim uh, Ducks game. He literally put a Robbie Blake uh, like uh, hip check on a guy yep. and just railed him, man. Right. And I like I almost had to do a double take because it was like that. 
Wait, that was that was back. That was, that, that, that just laid a freaking a like a, a, a like a beautiful beautiful hip check on the guy. Right. And I mean, when's the last time you've seen like a, you know like a Sidney Crosby or an Austin Matthews lay just a, a beauty hip check on somebody coming up on a rush? Very few and far between. Yeah. Right. It's it, like yeah. a unicorn. You're right, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost kind of like watching like a yeah. running back. He's such a violent skater coming up the ice. Like he's violent. It's almost he wants you to hit him. Yeah. Right. You know, he wants you to make the first move so you either make you look stupid with the stick handling ability or he's gonna rock you like he's ready for the hit he's, he's kind of like and, a and again, running back a, coming up the center of the, the field i feel like yeah it's kind of scary it's like a 200 feet right he's playing all yeah. 200 oh, at yeah. that same level he doesn't care d or o right north south east and west and that's yeah. that's something you got to have in your uh in 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 your all-star players 100 yeah. percent. as a yeah. hockey coach though i mean i feel like you want your players to always be that way that aggressiveness when you have the puck it's a speed pill for you right yeah yeah i mean if you have the puck you're moving right and even if you're not you're moving right i mean i got squirts totally different level but right, totally. the guys that are getting points are the ones that are moving their feet and, and heads up, and they're the ones who can see the 200 by by both ways. And at the young yeah. age, they're little spun. Their brains are sponges. Yeah, they it's will all, it's take awesome. the info, and if you tell them that you know this is your speed pill, right? This is how you want to take off. This is how you move with the break. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Oh, yeah. I love it. Beautiful spotlight. I like it. I mean, it was definitely abs heavy, but I mean, most most definitely deserving for this week. I, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we don't like to play too much bias or too too much on one side of the puck, but I mean, the Avs—they're uh, just impressing right now. So uh, we'll see how that goes, especially during these next uh, couple games against uh, Vegas. And uh, it's getting interesting yeah. out in the West, man. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. All right. So uh, we did we did have some pretty uh, dramatic news come out. Um, during the uh, Preds uh, uh, Stars game, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Tim Peel, he uh, he got that hot mic, you know, saying, "Oh, it was nothing, but I had to give Nashville a fucking penalty." Yeah. And I mean, obviously, NHL's come out and suspended him, and um, so and this was his last year, anyways. He was going to yeah. retire after it was this a year. Month before he retired, and <laughs> 30, 30 days early. Yeah. <laughs> So just a little background, Craig. Craig's yeah. been a referee for how long? This is uh, year five for me. Year five. So, uh, yeah. when as a referee, uh, what what do you say and what do you think when you hear something like that? It's kind of I I can't speak at that level, right? But everybody I work with and myself included, I try to keep the games even, right? But I'm not trying to find a penalty per se, right? And then that's a little bit what we were talking about. I don't want to just. You know what? I'm going to call your penalty because I feel like it because I don't like the color you're wearing. Right? Right. And I don't want to interject myself into the game because I have no place in it. Right? My, my job is to control the game and let them play. And almost to be as kind of like as uh, non-seen as possible. Yeah. That's Which kind is, of what I always thought of is like, you know, if I, if I were to be a referee, I would never, never want to dictate how this game goes. Right. And it seems like this, this is kind of like... It's almost like a uh, like he's trying not to dictate it, but yet he's uh, doing it really badly. Right. You know, because um, let's let's be honest with it, with everybody, boys. I mean, this has been happening in the NHL for a while. Oh yeah. Can yeah. we all agree on this? That like you know, oh, yeah. some guys get an overload of penalties, and then next thing you know, um, they don't. You don't. You know, they don't get a penalty for an, like you know, you get six minutes of penalties like right in the second period. It's yeah. almost like third period, like, oh, they, they can't get penalties because I gave them too many in the second. Right. I feel like, uh, well, and so many people on, like, social media and, I mean, like, the hockey guy, like, sports and that, I mean, everybody's been saying is, like, you know, Tim Peel just said what uh, what was going on in a bad in a bad setting. Yeah. You know, he just put it out there. We all knew that it was kind of going on, you know. Except that he said it and was on the mic. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And we do, especially when you look at the playoffs. I mean, when you watch the playoff hockey going on, you see all kinds of things going on behind the play, in front of the net, you know, through the neutral zone. And I think a lot of the times is, you know, hey, the refs want to let the boys play. Yeah. You know, unless there's something really blatant, like a, like a hook, a slash, high stick, trip, 
um, you know, trip on the breakaway, something like that. They're really not going to call it because they want to let the boys play. And I, I think that's part of the game, but I think it's kind of gotten too far into the political side. Whereas, like, now, you know, I have to have, like, a certain amount of penalties for one team and a certain amount of penalties for another team. And so back to where you are, it depends on, you know, if you want to root for a certain color set or not. I hope not, but I just think that, you know, at a certain level to the game, you're just looking for blatant things. Yeah. Compared to younger level, where I think, you know, Craig is at right now, it's, you know, it's really just kind of teaching the game. It's teaching the game. But I think there's other levels to the refereeing part of it. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it's a separate level, right? I mean, yeah, NHL, totally. between playing or refing, it's yeah. totally I, yeah. two different worlds. I was a ref for, 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 you know, six years. You're probably going to go on to be longer. Maybe I might yeah. hop back into it. But only you can speak to the changes of the game. The game well, the game keeps changing every day, yeah. right? Of um, course. You know, and, and depending on the level of play is what you're going to dictate on what you're calling, you know. It's it's a lot easier to call it at a faster, better level because they all have the same control. Oh yeah, right. So NHL, they all have that same level of control. So when it's a penalty, even watching it on TV, it's a lot more obvious. Oh yeah. So, uh, you know, at the lower levels, it, it it becomes a tougher call. And if you did it, you know, right? Of course, of course. Ross, what do you think, man? Well, I mean. We all know that they they have either players or teams that they need to call something on eventually. But he had a hot mic. We know that it happens every once in a while, I'm, as we've said. But, yeah, it's just he shouldn't have said it the way that he said it. I mean, he could have chose way better words to use, honestly. Yeah. Like... Especially knowing there's mics there. Oh, yeah. At that level, yeah. in that stage, it takes you know... The, uh... Will you say the integrity and the humbleness of the game per se? Yeah, I, I agree with that. So, um, what do, what what does the NHL do to quell this? Do they they just go back to just straight like you you call it by the book, or you're gone? Um, I mean, I don't know that that could be hard. There's a lot of people calling for his pension. Oh yeah, and yeah, just other stuff. Which I mean, that would. <laughs> I wouldn't say that that's unfair. I mean, but yeah. I, th- I think also... whatever they do is going to be crucial to yeah. the future of the refereeing and the game as a oh, whole, yeah. right? Yeah. That's why they're not, here's what happened, and now we're going to sit on it and talk about it and yeah. not tell you anything. Right. And we got to be really careful in the next 30 days of what we decide to do with him, mm-hmm. I- I- at least from my perspective, right? Yeah. Oh, because, clearly. Because if we make a quick decision and it's the wrong one, we got guys that are going to be leaving. We got a whole different game for TV, for the fans, for yeah. the players. It could be very crucial. Well, and yeah. that, and just like Bryce kind of said, I mean, uh, there's the integrity of the game that you need to think about yeah. with stuff like this. Yeah. And I mean, being a ref, I mean, it's a hard, it's a hard position. I mean, it's a hard job. Everybody loves you. Oh yeah, everybody loves everybody. You. And <laughs> there's and there's there's so much ob- objectivity that goes into it as well. You know, like trying to make the right call and seeing the right call and being you know, being where you need to be. I mean, obviously these guys, you know, train to be in the right position, and you know, sometimes you do don't see a, a call, and maybe sometimes you do give a soft call. But in my eyes, I don't think well, if you give a soft call, you don't just automatically think, well, next time something might happen, you know, I got to get these guys a penalty to make up for it. Yeah, that I think that's dictating the game more than not do like not even doing anything, you know. Yeah, and I agree with that whole point. It could be more dictating than it is the integrity piece of it. So I think integrity is more of what you do when people aren't watching you. Hockey's game is when you have all eyes on you at all times. And that's where the humbleness comes in, right? It's where you are seeing a call. doesn't matter if you live in the city of the home team or not. But as you're on the ice and you see the call, you know it's a bad call or a good call, you're going to call it. If it's a late part in the game and it's a tied game and if it's, you know, someone steps on a stick instead of someone tripping you, that's something I'm going to let go. Especially because at that level, change, right? The level he's change. at. Yeah. It's going to change the aspect of the game. You just put him down five on four for two minutes, and that, that, that could make or break their whole game or season. Exactly. Yeah. And how do you look in those coaches' eyes after that? Speaking of coaching, right? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, 
let's uh let's uh let's get into Mr. Bloomingold here. Yeah. Um, so you you wear many hats around the Colorado hockey scene, like like we've uh, already mentioned. That you, I mean, you're uh, you're uh, you've been refereeing for a few years. Uh, you, you're doing coaching right now with your uh, with your daughter's under ten league right now. Yes. And um, by the way, congrats on your championship that you won last night. Yes, sir. And Thank we'll you. we'll definitely talk a little bit more about that. But you also. Um, you're a big part of Dog Nation, and you've been working really closely with, you know, a blind hockey and sled hockey. But I want to get it like right from the beginning. Like okay. I want to, I want to get little, little blooming, like hardly blooming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get it. He's uh, budding. <laughs> so I mean, just give us a quick rundown about, you know, how you found the game of hockey, or how the game of hockey found you, and kind of, uh, you know, just like little steps, you know, just yeah. how, just give us a little background. Well, so, so the cool part for me is it, it's, I'm 41. It only started 13 years ago, right? Wow. So I've only been skating 13 years, playing 13 years, refing five, coaching two. So uh, I was 28. I was a volunteer firefighter back in Jersey and my captain at the time. And then my buddy, Mike, who was my partner on the ambulance, the fire truck, we were sitting around the firehouse cause we were sleeping in for the night on duty. And we got back from a call at 2.30 in the morning or whatever. And so he goes, hey, I think I'm going to start UFC fighting. And I was like, cool. And this is Mike. So me, Kenny, you're sitting there. I'm like, yeah, here's the problem with that. I'd do it. However, I grew up skateboarding, snowboarding, surfing, bodyboarding. I got way too many concussions. I'm not hopping in a rink and trying to get punched repeatedly. It's oh not yeah, no be way. Good for me at twenty eight, no way, right? <laughs> I think right. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think I'm good. So what's second to that? So Kenny says I'm going to go play hockey. That following weekend, he goes out to Sports Authority, buys five hundred dollars worth of gear, wow. skates, calls me up, says I'm going to stick and puck or a drop in. I'm going to go play and try it. Never done it. He was thirty, so he goes, "Come watch." I went and watched, and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do it too." Nice. Next morning, went to Sports Authority, did the same thing. We went out and did a drop-in that next night. It was Sunday night, and I've been hooked ever since. And then, obviously, the one thing I did learn was don't buy skates from Sports Authority. God, no, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so three hours of skates on that drop-in because it was double drop-in. We skated three hours. I had blisters. I I got rid of the $50 skates and went to the store the next day and bought 300 real skates. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then that was it, and so I just got right into playing from there. So you went from $500 to $1,000. Yeah, it goes real fast. Yeah. (laughs) Then you get to realize how much the sticks are, too. And you're like, oh, wow, these are cool. The the kind of cool part for me, though, is not so much because I play men's league, and I've never really (laughs) played anything but men's league. Oh, yeah. I didn't didn't play college. I didn't play high school. So, yeah. So I just need to stick around and hang That's out, it. go play puck. That's it. There so that, that was kind of my story, man. And then, you know, I got hooked pretty quickly. And then I started skating a drop-in once a week. He was on a low-level team. I joined that. And then uh, I got laid off about three months later. So it was kind of funny. I found out there was this drop-in at another rink about a half hour from my house on Thursdays and Fridays. So I go. And for the first two weeks going, it's me and two other guys because it's the daytime. Nobody's there, right? Oh, Ten yeah. bucks, skate up and down the ice, get better, cool. Two weeks into it, Thursday, I'm on the ice 20 minutes, and all of a sudden this door on the other side of the rink opens up. And one after the other, these kids come out. They're all 15, 16-year-olds. And I'm like, hey, guys, aren't you supposed to be in school? No, we don't. We go to school with a tutor. We got, we're got we like a travel team from all over the U.S. Oh. Um, so they're like, so this is kind of our practice ice. You guys want to play with us? Uh, sure. Oh, by the way, we, we still check, even though... You know, because we have to. And I'm like, uh, yeah, let's do it. Like, I'm going to oh. keep my head up and learn how to play hockey real fast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. So get lit up three times, four times by a 15-year-old kid at 28. Get up, wipe it off. Go play men's league was a lot easier to keep Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> no one's coming to level you. And yeah. so I started going to that drop-in every week till I started my new job and got real, really good, at least for that level at that time. Right. Real fast. You know, if you saw me and Kenny at the same time, the trajectory was like... Night and day. Oh, just yeah, because he wasn't going to that. He was working. Yeah, so he was just doing his Sunday night skate. So it's kind of cool, man. And then I've been hooked ever since. It's crazy. Just been on the ice. Like uh, that's awesome. Never ending. Oh. Never ending, man. It's uh, you know, thirteen years later, fourteen years later. So now you're watching the game, and watching. you're loving watching the game. You learn more from that. Oh, yeah. you can apply that to your coaching, obviously. Oh, it, it's it's all interconnected, man. Yeah, it's triangle. It is. You know, between refing, coaching, playing. You know, I've gotten better at playing because I coach. I've gotten better at refing because I play. 
right? And and vice versa. They all feed each other. Yeah, it's yeah, so. it's definitely like, it's like a constant cycle that right. you know different aspects of the game. Yeah, that yeah. you're like well, you know, learning about ba- learning about and using. Right. Well, oh ho- yeah, hockey f- hockey vision. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because if I'm refing, I see it this way. If I'm coaching, I see it from here. But if I'm playing, I see it at totally another level. Oh yeah, it makes almost all three jobs easier in one. Right. Oh, that's like, yeah, that's like hockey Harvard, basically. Yeah, well, it's like what my sister did with the roller derby when she played for the Boulder County Bombers. She was a ref coach, and she the also was a player. Yeah. And she just saw when now that when she's a player, mm-hmm. she sees different facets of the whole entire game yeah. itself. Yeah. And I feel like you have just grown from oh. that just weird you, triangle. It is. <laughs> it's crazy, man, and it's fun to watch. And then, you know, my daughter, like you said, she... Wanted to play hockey at three, four, went to school at six. Somebody said hockey's for boys. She got in the car and was like, yeah, I don't want to play hockey anymore. And I was like, bummer, but I'm not going to pressure. My wife's like, just let it go. She'll come back around. You're around it enough. She sees it. And then a year later, so two years ago, she gets in the car and she's like, hey, I want to play hockey, but I want to play with the boys. Okay, oh. let's go. It's even better. Done. Right. Sign you up. So a month later, we got her to learn to play stuff from the Avs and got her on the ice. I'm the cool dad. My dad wasn't. He was a great dad, but there's no way he would pick me up from school the day I get my gear, take me to a steak and puck at noon at right. a school day. Totally. Right? Just not my dad's style. Very opposite. And so I'm that cool dad. I'm like, yeah, she's got to go doctor's appointment. Yeah, whatever. she's sick. Yeah. Or, yeah. She's got yeah, like, yeah. she's got like a <laughs> something with her tooth. Anyways, right. we gotta yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, we gotta go. <laughs> so we go, and and then of course you know because we did put her in like learn to skate and. It hurts when you fall on ice when you have no gear on. Oh, yes. Right? Oh, yes. Especially, you know, whatever, at that age or any age, ice is a hard surface. Oh, gosh. So, that, so she's like, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Throw her stuff in. It was me and her and nobody else in the rink. So she gets on the ice, steps two feet out. I hip-checked her into the boards a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> she bounces off the boards, falls down, and then the smile on her face was ear to ear. Took off. Oh, and that's, and that's awesome. And I'm like, I told you it doesn't hurt. You got gear on head to toe. Right? Yeah. <gasps> literally. So, yeah, literally. Uh, I mean, you're, you're, especially at your size, right? The gear barely fits you. It's a little big. Yeah. You're covered. There's zero of you touching the ice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that was it, man. And then she just took off, and oh. she's been hooked since, too. So, And, that, and that's so cool. And, and I'm happy to hear about the, what kind of got you on the ice. Yeah. Uh, but I also understand you're a coach and a referee. You know, you're doing it at the same time. Yeah. And as we were kind of going onto the podcast, logging on, you were telling us this awesome story about some different camera footage about how we're we're looking at goals nowadays at the youth level, and uh, how you were in a little. Well, it's not. No, no. So like, we had her game last night broadcast, so we're yeah. not doing that, right? Oh, it's yeah, just that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not. There's no <laughs> video review. <laughs> It was just funny. We were watching the game last night, and, okay. and two different times the referee called off the play and blew it dead. But the puck is sitting right next to the goalie in wide open space where three people could put it in and nobody blocking them. And then the ref can't see it because he's not right where he should be, and he blows it dead. And and that happens. It's hard as a coach and a referee at that level, but a lot of those guys are not, you know, there are a lot of newer guys at the squirt level refing. No, actually, I do want to. I do want to ask you a question. I mean, you are a coach, you are a referee, and you are also, you're also a dad and a fan. Yeah. And when you're co- when you're in uh, coaching like your daughter's games, how like how hard is it to really take the dad away from it, or you know, like how is it uh, at, when you're wearing like three different hats at one time? It's hard. It's yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be a mix of emotions. Uh, it, it is. It's hard and. Um, a lot of times, luckily I have good assistant coaches with me on the bench. So a lot of times I'll say, Chris, you talk to Brielle before I blow my pool. Cause (laughs) you know what you need to tell her, you deal with her. I'm just going to stand back here and watch the whole team as a whole. Cause I'm responsible for all of them. Right. You talk to her so that me and her don't butt heads. Right. Right. Yeah. If it comes from him, she'll listen. If it comes from dad, what does dad know about hockey? Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, and then on the opposite, like as uh, like as a referee and a coach, like uh, especially at you know um, a, a squirt level or my level, you know, uh, what's the refereeing like there, and how does it kind of like does it uh, you know when you see blown calls and stuff like that, 
does it does it scratch you the wrong way? Like what what, what like or are you like oh I could have done better? Fuck these guys. Well, huh? it's two and one, one and the other, right? It's it's a mix, um, you know, because again, like we said earlier, the squirt level you get a lot of guys that are newer, a lot of younger kids, and for me coaching at forty one, I gotta be a little careful what I say to a fourteen or fifteen year old. Yeah, and. And like I was telling you guys, right, so as long as they're putting effort behind what they're doing and they're trying, I can't really say much as a coach or a dad, right? And that's any fan sitting in the stands, any parent that even if they don't know about hockey, if the ref's where they belong or at least appear to be moving and playing the game with the kids, it's not much you can say. But I do, I will lose my cool when you make a lazy, bad call, kind of like, you know, the one I was telling you about with the puck sitting there and the ref's there. But he gets there late, blows it dead, and I got two guys who have their sticks on the puck ready to put a goal in. Yeah, just like a couple guys yeah. just waiting for their day to, later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Right. So. Ross? Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm waiting for a date? Yeah, it's taking your time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to get going. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's <laughs> got, got a hot date. date here in about 15 minutes. You got a hot date? Yeah, you, with myself. A game or what? <laughs> yeah, with Paul Miller Henderson. Oh, with the watch hand. God, hand. yes. <laughs> Get the heartbeat going a little bit. Oh, oh, right. But I guess, like, even with, like, that, also, does that carry out over into, like, with the abs and them watching them and stuff, too? You're coaching, and do you just nitpick what they do to an extent? Good question. I try not to, right? <laughs> I, I try to just watch it as a fan that that doesn't nitpick it because, you know, it's it's crazy when you think about technology and how it's changed the game and and our brains and what we watch. But we're also spoiled by technology with instant replays, camera angles, views. So when you're watching the ads, it's not what it used to be on TV. Yeah. And so for me, it's it's. It's kind of hard, but I try to just have fun with it and not do any of that. But there are times you're sitting there where I think anybody that is a hockey fan watches it on TV or in person and goes, what the hell was that? Like, how do you not make that call? Right. Oh, yeah. So. Speaking of the avalanche and you, you actually mentioned the abs learned to play. How big of that was for, like, you and your daughter to go to to really kind of start her career? It was super fun, man. I mean, it's a great program, right? And the kid gets to go to the store, I mean, pre-COVID, but right, and I think they're starting it back up. But yeah. pre-COVID, you walk into the store, the kid's never been around hockey year their entire life. They let him try on breezers, shoulder pads, elbow pads, helmet, fit them all for it, skates, and then send it all to him within like a week. That's wow. $200 plus eight times on the ice. Like, So if your kid hates hockey... 200 bucks, you're out. That's it. Right. I mean, 200 bucks, that's nothing compared to what most kids play. Spark their interest in something. Well, that too, right? Me and my wife were talking about that today. It's like, if you were to subtract hockey out of your life with your daughter right now, and how busy we are with that, plus school, plus us and my business, what would we do on a weekend? Like, I don't I don't know. I, 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 you can only clean the house so many times. Right, yeah. yeah or watch yeah. the same show or, or game. <laughs> yeah. The cool yeah. is that when you're out and about, after all these games, when it's all said and done, when you're in an area, it's mainly just go out and vibe and go out to dinner. Yeah. And just be with your family. And we do it all the time. Yeah. Right? Right, exactly. Like Some after, close friends. You just After games and practices? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we did last night, right? We hung out up at, at the rink after the game until it was like 9, 30, 10, um, just because she had school and that was a little late, but... You know, and and a lot of the families that stayed ended up staying all night. Well, yeah, you, so you got to celebrate. I mean, that hockey, it, it it's a vibe. It's like I can't describe it because growing up surfing, you think you have this cool vibe with your buds, and it's that crew. But then you get like this team that just molds, man, and it's like an extended family to all these kids. Yeah, yeah. So it's super cool. Yeah, and uh, it it brings it brings a lot of people just. Uh, I mean, otherwise, if you didn't have a kid on the team, never would have met that person. Oh, yeah. Even oh, being a hockey oh, parent, yeah. right? right? The friends you make as a hockey parent, I think, is pretty cool. Right. Where, my, where my parents, as a hockey player, being at the hotel rooms, being able to eat dinner right. with these parents, the pool, have some drinks, right? being the at the pool, pool the and, traveling, yeah. Yeah, the camaraderie. The, yeah. Go, the yeah it's not like any other sport, right? You play Little League Baseball, nothing against it, but I don't think that it exists in that sport the same way it does in hockey, right? Yeah, it's the extension of your like teammates, right. like the, the teammates on the team. And right? they're so willing to help you in a time yeah. of need. If you needed anything, oh, I'll take your kid, 
right? I mean, we were in Texas, so this is great. So my daughter's first travel tournament was to Texas in February that the storm from Colorado showed up in Texas. So we're you guys were here, it was 50 and sunny. Oh, yeah. We were in Texas, and it was 8 degrees, and they can't, shut the whole state down. Our power went out in our hotel room for 48 hours, the whole team. Oh, it, man. It reached at, the guy across the hall, one of the dads, said that the power generator did kick on the second night at 2.30 in the morning, and the hotel registered at 41 degrees in his room. Whoa. You know, and so we got 10-year-olds trying to live through something that nobody should have to really go through. Yeah. You know, and not only that, but we all got tickets to go to the Stars game because they were still doing it. Yeah. We drive down there, park, 30 bucks to park, walk, get in line, ready to go. They open up the doors at 630 and like, yeah, game's canceled. Mayor canceled it. Oh, like, no. What the, so I'm still battling for my money back from the tickets from that. Oh. Because they're like, oh, so this well, happened like come. last month. Yeah, this was two months ago. So, well, no, it's March. With right? the big snowstorm. Yeah, that huge snowstorm. Oh, yeah. wow, wow, yeah. wow. And that was, was our recent. travel tournament. And then, you know, they were going into, you know, finals day Monday. And then they canceled the tournament and said, we'll send the trophy to whoever, whoever's in first. Was the ice still frozen? Oh. Yeah, well, the ice was still frozen. Most ranks still had <laughs> That's power. That's all I got to say. That's it. Yes. And, you know, and so part, but why I'm even touching on it is because I played chauffeur, right? I had people trying to fly home, people, and yeah. that, it, just that family. And my wife's like, man, you, you were just everywhere. So I had to go pick somebody up at the airport because they drove to the airport, returned their rental car, but the line for rental car was four hours long to get to the terminal. Ugh. So I was like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Grabbed them, took them to the terminal, dropped them off, went back to the hotel, took somebody else to return their rental car. And I just, what else are you doing, right? There's no power. Yeah. No electricity. You can't do anything. There's no oh, yeah. heat. So, yeah. Yeah, everybody's just trying to get out of there. Yeah. Like, like you know, stay together. And... But, I, but I think it made their team as a bunch of kids tighter, which is why we, I mean, I think that, that's why we're playing. Everybody on my team has points. Not one person doesn't. Oh, that's really cool. So that tells me, right, even if you're the weakest player, which we don't really have one, you still have points because your team, you guys are feeding each other. Oh, yeah. Assists, most of them have more assists than goals. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. And I think it also means you're creating memories for that player. Oh, yeah. And you're helping doing that. Oh, there's the game buzzer, guys. Why would it totally have game? There you go. Um, but to carry on with the question here is yeah. that, you know, even during that situation, yeah. you were really, I think, a great coach and a great person to look up to because the fact that you're being able to take kids from the hotel and families to the airport and back, airport and back, yeah. having probably a rental car yep. and going yep. through that. I know ball, how... ball tires in, in icy Dallas roads. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I can, oh, I so can imagine That's how, super how fun. <laughs> that, that could have been for sure. But it tells us a lot about your heart. And I think, you know, a big part about yourself and your heart is what you do for, I think, Dog Nation. Yeah, huge. Um, so, I mean, I'll let Cody kind of elaborate here on what, you know, you guys and Dog Nation have done together. Well, yeah, just kind of uh, just kind of really uh, explain out what you what you like, what you do with uh, Dog Nation and yeah. all that. And totally. just kind of get into why you started it and how you kind of found out about that as well. So I, I, I don't remember how I found out about Dog Nation, which is awesome, right? Right. I, I had met Marty somewhere. <laughs> we talked and then it kind of spanned into this cool relationship and. So I just help them. I love them, right? So last year I threw a huge happy hour with my real estate company with him and had a lender come in and pay for it. Uh, and then he got the auction items and everybody to come in. And so we, I think we raised two grand at that happy hour. Oh, hell yeah. And everybody had an awesome time. So we just talked about it. We're going to redo it uh, this year again. I think the date is June 16th. Let me double check. We'll be there. Yeah. No matter what date. Yeah. So let's see. Happy hour. Let me double check real quick. Dog Nation happy hour. So June 4th. June 4th. 4, 4 to 10 at about time. And so All we'll right. put it out. We don't have anything out yet. We're planning. Um, I got a buddy of mine who owns an insurance company down in Colorado Springs that's going to sponsor half of it nice. with me. And uh, Marty will bring his stuff. And, you know, what's kind of cool is I, I met Scott Parker and his wife by accident with Dog Nation. Too, oh, right? yeah. And so... I, so I had a client, so I'm a realtor, right? And so I had a client that was from California and they were a cash buyer. And so they went back to California and six months after we started searching for a house, his wife calls me and he's like, we love this house. We sent him a letter. It's under pre-foreclosure, whatever. Can you go look at it? So I drive down Wolfensburger. I don't, and I don't know Scott Parker at this point in time, right? Because I didn't grow up to the hockey community. Right. So I don't even, you know, and I'm not from Colorado. So my wife thinks I'm on my way home. I lose cell service. I pull into this house. It says, do not enter, but the gate's open. So I park, leave my car running, go knock on the door, but the door opens. 
Well, then it was Francesca, Scott's wife. Oh, wow. And she was like, what do you want? And I was like, hey, hi, sorry. My, my client sent you a letter about buying your house. Oh, yeah, I got it. We're not selling. We're not interested. Like, don't you know who we are? We're not under pre-foreclosure, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I, I have no idea. I feel like I'm in a horror movie right now. Like, <laughs> it's like, something bad's going to happen because they're in a desolate part of Wolfensburger, right? Right. And so... All of a sudden, you can hear this big old truck come up the driveway, and it's like a big F-350 jacked up truck, and Scott gets out, and he's as big as the truck. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know who my husband is? And I was like, Scott Parker from the Avalanche, Stanley Cup champion? And I was like, yeah, totally. Hey, you guys know Marty Richardson, right? Real well. And they're like, yeah, hey, come in. You want a beer? So, oh, so, so, so now, dude, I can't, wow. and you can't, you can't make that up, right? And so what happened was their loan, they had changed lenders on their loan. I don't, I don't, like, all the details don't really matter, right? But it got sold, and then it put him in a pre-foreclosure, because her payment went to the wrong place. We got it all fixed. I came, I became buddies with them, right? And so, yeah, like, thank God to Marty, he saved my life, right? Stand there. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, huge. huge. Um, <laughs> so, so that was awesome. But, uh, saved but your then, life. Then, so they came to the happy hour, which they don't do a lot of. Uh, and so when they walked in, they were auctioning off the jersey right off Scott, signed it. Oh, they, wow. I think that went for 800 bucks, like two minutes, you know. Yeah, it was cool. So people were just getting their pictures and Oh uh, yeah, yeah, with the sheriff. Yeah, man. with the sheriff, man. So now now I'm good friends with DJ and, and all of them and Oh so, yeah, DJ and yeah, the, yeah. 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 So kinda of crazy. It's a weird cycle like you were saying, the triangle yeah. effect, man. You're about to get annihilated yeah. by one of the toughest dudes that ever hit the ice. <laughs> yeah. And then you just name drop Marty I, and he's I just like, Oh, have a beer. Here, I'll I'll show you guys a picture too, man. I have a picture of me and him. I look like I'm in fourth grade standing next to him. Oh, right? I believe yeah, it, dude. I look like I'm ten years old. <laughs> <laughs> so what's yeah, but, dude. But so anyway, so back to the dog nation stuff, right? So right. I do a ton with Marty. Um and then, you know, that Marty led me into I was trying to make some real estate content and I don't like doing the whole here's a house walkthrough stuff. So I called Marty and he was like, Oh, actually I'm skating with uh uh who was it? So can't think of his name, but he was skating with somebody, it was with the blind, and it was with the uh, Avalanche two years ago, right? And so he said, why don't you come make a video? So we go to Pepsi Center. We made a full promo video for the Visionary Blind Hockey slash the whole blind hockey event, right? And so I met Doris Donnelly from USA Hockey. And I just called her a month later and I was like, look, I tell my daughter all the time you're lucky, right? And it's not house, car, everything, right? You see, you feel, you walk, you play regular able-bodied hockey. Yeah. How do I get more involved? So Dort's like, oh, cool, call Kent. He runs the Visionaries out of Foothills. They'd love to have volunteers, especially your daughter's age, because she can actually play hockey and she'll help the little kids. So I call Kent. We start going every single month, again, pre-COVID. Um, and we got to know a ton of cool families. So that's how we kind of give back with that, which ties back to Dog Nation. And now, you know, uh, the Visionaries are part of Marty's plan to have them, like, with a permanent locker room at his rink yeah. and a place to skate when that's done. So it's just cool, man. And I, you know, you can't write what you're going to do in the future. So if you asked me 10 years ago when I started or 13, 14, I would have never known that this is where my life's going to go with hockey and the community I'm in. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, and then, and then, uh, Doris called me, uh, she was with Kent and it was team USA playing, uh, team Canada blind hockey, uh, up there. And they did a whole weekend up there and they were up there and they go, we don't have really any USA refs. It's all Canada. Why don't we call Craig and see if he'll come ref? So they call me and they're like, dude, we were just talking about you. You came up. We were out to dinner. You want to travel with USA Blind Hockey and come ref us when we play international? Yeah, sign me up. Oh, like, like, yeah. yeah. So I had dinner with a guy who's from uh, Northeast that runs the refs for them. And then we were supposed to be in Pittsburgh for two weeks refing. And, and so, of course, blind is only six hours at a whole festival. Right, right, the Disabled Hockey Festival. Yeah. So we were supposed to be there. So I was going to do Sled, Blind, uh, Warrior, the whole nine. Right. You know, because he's like, if you're here, I'm going to fill your time so you can make money and have fun. So you're not sitting in the hotel room waiting for a game an hour from right. now. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. So now I'm like, cool, man. Like, what are the odds? Five years ago, I start refing. Now I'm going to go ref Blind Hockey. Man, and it, it's just cool 
And then I've had some of the clients that I met them and they were desperate to get a house. So I've helped them buy houses. And of course, like you said, my heart, man. So like they have all become awesome family friends. That's so my cool. My daughter's friends with their kids. We hang out. It's not just a transaction and, a, you know, I'll only see you on the ice. So yeah. it just, it, it really does just mix into like a whole, like uh, just like an ever going cycle of yeah. uh, like familial <laughs> Uh, uh, attract. Oh, like not a, a bad word, attraction, but like familial, uh, familial cohesiveness. 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 Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. And, and so it's it's crazy. And yeah. it's like it's not just one one kind of sect of hockey. It's like all of it. I mean, blind blind hockey, sled hockey, yeah. youth hockey. You know, uh, pro whatever. You know, it's all the same. Yeah. And it, you get like examples in every story that you just told right there. Just like the homeliness. And the acceptance of like these like these hockey families. You got oh. Scott Parker. You know, you, you, oh, you know Marty. Yeah, come in and have a beer with us, man. Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll come uh, we'll come to about time. You know, um, you, we're down in Dallas and we're we need to get to the airport. Well, I'll take you. You know, it's yeah. like all like all of it. You know, it's it all just every. It's like one hand over another hand. Well, if you come from contribution, man, then I think it comes back tenfold, right? Absolutely. I, I think yeah. I've lived that way, right? Since I probably since I got married, I don't remember my twenties as much, right? So I got married at thirty, but um, you know that that changes your perspective on life. Oh so, yeah. And then you have a kid on top of it that's watching everything you do, right? Yeah, and then yeah. not only that, but you know, you're you guys are connected by this sport. Well, you know that you only well you know you only found out like not too long ago that you deadly fell in love with no, same yeah. same with your daughter and right. now you, you know you're connected you two are connected in a such a deeper way than yeah. if you guys you know just sat or sat around on the weekends watching you know a, who, who's the boss or whatever <laughs> that's a good that's example. a deep cut yeah, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a good one but yeah <laughs> I don't know if that'd be our top choice if we sat well, around, no probably not. <laughs> Um, Whatever those kids yeah, listen to yeah, these yeah, days, it's, God knows I can't keep up with it either. It changes every day. But yeah, but, and and, you, and that not only that, but it, it connected you and your daughter and your wife to uh, people of you know different uh, different abilities. Yeah, you know, that's um, awesome. and 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 it it really gives everybody a chance to look at you know people who you know are seeing impaired and uh, walking yeah. impaired. They like having fun too. They like yeah. playing hockey too, and uh, we're. They, we're the same as them, you know. Everybody is, man. Right? Yeah. That's why I love it, and it's it's cool when you tell a kid like, "Go try this." Like, it's not so easy. They make it look really easy. Yeah, man. Like they make it look super easy. It's hard for you, but if they try to play your hockey, regular able-bodied hockey, they can't do it either, right? So keep keep your momentum going and be thankful for what you have and enjoy it. But go give back. It really opens a fresh perspective on a young mind that oh, way. For sure. Oh, yeah, right. Nine years old, she's learning lessons. I didn't learn at nine, right? I mean, it, it, no offense to the way I was raised. I was raised great, but yeah. I, I didn't have that life. That's just My, some it things... wasn't, we weren't in hockey, right? Yeah. I was a kid that went yeah, to the that beach. you're a sponge. Yeah. Oh, she's a huge sponge, and she's all about giving back, you know? Which, I love it. Yeah. You know? And so she looks forward to every event we do, and, and how do we go help more, um... You know, and and so that's part of it. And then she's addicted to the ice hockey piece of it, which is huge. Yeah. So, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So. Russ, what you got there, bud? Well, uh, I guess what, in, all in all, what kind of does hockey mean to you, like, as a whole? As a whole. That's yeah. a really loaded question. Like yeah, really well. Just good. from all the facets that yeah. you have had a hand in and, and dabbled in and, and just your perspective and your, your perspective love of the sport. yeah yeah well so perspective is man the sport is like nothing i've ever seen right and and kind of what we just said the families that are around it the love for the actual game on the ice the smile it's super simple right it's the smile that at dora said it when i met her when we made the video about the blind right just the smile on the kids faces which carries over to the adult life I mean, what other sport do you know that people go play men's league at promenade at 11.45 p.m. start time on a, on a work night? Yeah. That get off the ice at 1 a.m., drink beer with their buddies, and then go home and get up and go to work and don't complain, right? Right. Or get up at 4 a.m. to get on the ice at 5 because you got a tournament game. Yeah. And nobody says boo-hoo, right? No, everybody and, is. And just ready to go, smiling, happy. And so that, to me, is the big part, right? I've never been around anything like it, and and the care within the community at any level, at any ability, is just massive. 
and that's where Marty, it's crazy when he peels back his story, right? But you, you've been around it. Yeah. He's like, man, I was literally sitting in a locker room, and this guy said he has cancer, so we started passing the hat. Three days later, this guy had cancer. We passed the hat, and then boom, Dog Nation was born. Like, yeah. Like, wow. Right? Just because your buddy's, you know, down. A down and out needs help. Yeah. Right? Don't be afraid to make a phone call and ask. For yeah. real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I think it's not just Marty, not just Dog Nation. It's all hockey players, right? Yeah. If you call somebody and say, I need help, I think anybody would be found, like, willing to go do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In any facet of life, don't be ever be afraid to ask. Yeah. You know? Well, people are always afraid yeah. to ask, man. Yeah. Don't that's, yeah. That's the big thing. And I think... It's a big step. Yeah. Like, uh, in, in being so comfortable in that, in like, within the hockey family to be able to ask right. is a huge thing. Mm. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, I've I, we've all dealt with our... our you know disadvantages or you know stuff like that it's hard you yeah. know yeah. it's hard to really step up and say hey i i might need a little help right you know but because uh, you gotta look in the mirror right and that's yeah. what people are scared of right like yeah am i a coward if i say i need help right like, you don't have to walk the whole world on your shoulders by yourself there's yeah. people who will help right and that's, uh, that's marty man i mean it's he's like a walking i'll help everybody yeah at all times he's like a just like a ping pong ball of like just uh, pure help, uh, uh, wholeheartedness. Yeah, I feel yes. like he doesn't sleep. Huh? I Who? think he doesn't sleep. He, he sleeps an hour. <laughs> it may be in his car on the ride home, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, and you know what's going on with his brother, right? You saw that yeah. stuff. So, but yeah. that, but you see the outpouring and the support mm. he now has coming his way. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. So like, it's like none other. Right. Yeah. So, and uh, uh, biggest prayers to Nigel uh, Richardson, by the way. Well, percent, man. While he's going through all his stuff, we we got you in your in our uh, hearts and our thoughts, bud. Yeah. So I don't know, guys. Uh, any anything else you guys want to lay uh, lay down real quick? I don't know. Mm. His wheels have been going there, man. Yeah. Uh, man, I got something. I'm gonna. I can see Ross's like rainbow wheels spinning on uh, his yeah, head. Or that. That's that's what I'm afraid of. That's why I try not to look. Got now loading. Yeah. How about this? Your favorite locker room happenings that you have had in the, I guess, your favorite locker room story of pranks or whatever the hell happened. So this, yeah. is, a good, this is a good one. So it ties back to Texas. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Yeah. And so so there's a girl, Annie, on my team. And so uh, she's eight. And so we were going to line up for the face-off, and it was a Texas team, and it was the semifinal game. And I was like, Annie, do me a favor. Just go over there. When you get on the ice, stand there, and right before the puck drops, as the ref lets it go, just go, yeah! <laughs> and so she, she goes out, and she does it, right? Oh, man. The kid had no idea what to do. They get the puck, they go down the ice, right? And then the, the game goes on. But but so now, like yesterday after the championship game, I'm walking in the locker room to talk to my team, and I hear, hey, can I get a yeehaw on three? One, two, three, yeehaw! It's the oh, whole team. Is... And I'm like, dude, I, you can't make it up, but it's That's a kid, so right? Cool. They're sponges, yeah. and they don't care about who's watching or what they look like or how they how funny they are, man. And it's been a joke ongoing. I'm like, Annie, every time you line up to any team in Colorado... Just yell yeehaw on the face-off. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yes. So I told her to use that at State, uh, States this weekend. I said, every draw that you're up there for, go. Reminds me of Mighty Ducks. Every day. Yeah. And then the big old wind-up. Oh, Good yeah, day for good. hockey, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> sure is, cowboy. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was, at least that came out of Texas, oh, right? Oh, yeah. that's yeah. awesome, yeah. man. So, that so is hopefully awesome. Hopefully that answer, that's a good one. Yeah, that's fine. That's that works. That's a, that, that's a walk-off homer if yeah. I've ever heard it, man. <laughs> Thank uh, you. So, um, let's get into the shout-outs then. Uh, Craig, you just want to just uh, shout-out to anybody, any anywhere, anyone, well, well, for any reason? My wife, for sure. She's she's our biggest support, right? It's it's the triangle, man. I don't know. That's funny. I'm going to oh, use yeah. that a lot now going there forward. Go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, her, she's our biggest support. She'll skate with us, try a little bit, but she's—it's not her thing. So she's just at the rink cheering on, helping out. She's the team mom, helping everybody, right? Oh yeah. So between her, my daughter, and then my parents supporting me, me growing up, and family, you know, and then obviously friends, Marty. I can go on and on and on with the list, man. But yeah, Dog but, Nation. Yeah, Dog Nation. Oh yeah. Visionaries Blind Hockey Program, USA Hockey, Doris, Kent. Yeah, Kent. I mean, everybody. Just nice. All amazing people, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Uh, Ross, what do you got there, bud? Um, well, I mean, My Beer Nation, they give us all of our sweet merchandising. So, I there mean, if you, you guys want 
sticker or hat, let us know. Cody. Oh, we'll get it to you right we'll, away. Full send. There you go. Full send. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, friends, family, and uh, just everybody who listens. Thank you. Bryce? Uh, yeah, I mean, so obviously the sponsors we have already. Um, I also want to give my heart out to the great state of Colorado. We had a crazy week this week. Um, and the officer, Eric Tolley, he is actually one of my neighbors in Firestone. Um, so great shout out to their family. Hopefully we get to have a candle vigil this week. Other than that, I just really want to, you know, end this in a positive note and say, you know, thank you for a member of Dog Nation to come out yeah, and talk hockey. Try the damn thing, see what happens.